What up, what up, what up, y'all? It's your man, Kev Mack, and I'm back with another episode of Kev Mack Video Podcast. Coming to you live and direct from Las Vegas, Nevada. Happy Monday morning to you all. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Hopefully you have a great week. I will be taking today off. I'll be back to work tomorrow. Trying to get you guys some more content up on YouTube and the podcast. And I appreciate you guys for checking in. Shout out to all the maniacs and Mac heads, new time listeners, long time listeners. I just got off the phone with Alex Alonzo of Street TV to reconcile our differences. Great conversation. You know, me and Alex used to kick it, we used to hang out. A few times, I used to always go up to his office in Lamert Park and chop it up with him, you know. I learned a little bit of game from him. A lot of people take it a little too far and say I owe homage to him for this, that, and the other, which I really don't agree with. But, again, I did learn a little bit of game, just a little bit of game from him, like an ounce out of a whole kilo, you know what I mean? Just a little ounce out the kilo. But shout out to Alex Alonzo, man, for entertaining my thoughts and, and me just telling the real and speaking the real to him. You know, life is too short to hold grudges with people, especially people that you once called friends, you know. As men, as grown men and as adults, meaning women too, you have to sometimes put your pride aside, your ego aside, and if you have a problem with somebody or somebody has a problem with you, be be that one that can reach out to them and speak and speak with authority and sincerity and apologize if need be. But admit your wrongs and, you know, right your wrong. You know, that's the bottom line. It's, it's no need to be having these old street beefs in your 50s, late 40s, 50s, early 60s. It just don't make sense because life is too short. So right now, let's get to my sponsor. It's been a very violent weekend in South Los Angeles and Compton. And, you know, I want to send my condolences out to the families of those victims and it's a shame that we still have to deal with this gang violence, especially guys that did all this time in prison, elderly guys, guys that are deemed cool in the community and with the homies. And it's just sad because a lot of this stuff is inside, inside jobs. A lot of this stuff is with neighboring gangs that were once real tight, real friends and it's sad that we have to continue to go through this and it's even worse when we start blaming other gangs that actually had nothing to do with this and people know they had nothing to do with it a lot of times these cause unnecessary wars one lie can turn into some false retaliation and then retaliate again and now you got a war And people never talk about that. People never address that. It's so sad, and it really needs to stop. How about when there's an inside killing, a friend-on-friend killing, or a close gang killing? 
How about we just say that person was killed and it was unfortunate or unfortunate circumstances? Why even point fingers at anybody to to defer the blame? You know, it in my estimation, it does more harm than good. And it makes enemies of people that's not really your enemy, people that want peace, people that don't want no problems with you and your homeboys, and people continue to keep the stuff going, which nobody wins in the end. You lose a friend, now you lose four or five friends. You may lose a family member. You may even lose your own life. I mean, these are instances that can be stopped. You know, these are things that we need to to spread around the community in saying that they need to stop. You know, the violence is really pathetic in 2020 because now you have people from so many different generations of Crips and Bloods that can now speak to the youth and speak to our kids and let them know that this was all bullshit. This started because somebody stepped on somebody's biscuit, because somebody knocked somebody's hat off on accident because two guys from different neighborhoods was messing with the same woman. You know, uh, instances like these, man, continue to, to hurt our communities, continue to affect the black population, and in some cases, the brown population in Southern California. And to me, it's just ridiculous. To me, it's time to heal. It's time to grow. It's time to mature. And it's time to get the word out that this violence really, really, truly needs to stop. And yes, there are people with these ceasefires. There are people at the gang intervention and prevention tables squashing beefs, ceasefires. That's good. That's great. Let's continue to do that. But let's build something positive for the youth. You know, this this intervention everybody talks about, is it really intervention? Yeah, maybe you saved a kid or two. That's great. I'm all for that. But there has to be something bigger and better that can save thousands of kids or hundreds within each community. You know, this, this is going on far too long. And like I said, now you have so many generations. You have the originals the littles, the babies, the tinies that can now talk to the infants and the embryos and the, the newborns and the unborns and will be born, haven't been born yet and all them. You know, I'm laughing as I say this because the generations continue to grow. There's new generations still popping up, but now they have older people that can get in their head and show them a better way in life and show them not to make the pit the you know to avoid the pitfalls that we fell in once upon a time and with that said I'll be right back after this Yes, yes, y'all. It's your man, Kevin Mack. And boy, was I wrong about the Fury-Wilder fight. Fury absolutely punished Wilder. He put hands on the boy. 
Not only was Wilder embarrassed, but I'm embarrassed. I mean, I just underestimated the power of Fury, thinking his weight would be a problem, thinking Wilder would be much faster and quicker on his toes and could dodge punches. Boy, was I wrong. But when it comes to the Democratic debate in the Nevada caucus, I was right on. I was spot on with Bernie Sanders winning. No-brainer there to me. Absolute no-brainer there. Um, again, I don't think America's ready for a gay president, at least not a male gay president. I don't think America's ready for a woman president. However, we may be approaching the time for a female vice president. Call me crazy if you want. They call Bernie crazy, too. They call Donald Trump crazy, and he's the president. So, hey, can I get a break? But real talk, I just don't believe America's ready for a guy like Buttigieg um, maybe eight years from now, maybe even four years from now. But right now, I don't think it's the time. And again, I, not, not to make it about me and being right, but I was right as far as Nevada goes. Of course, we still got like 47 more states or some shit to go. So it's not over. But I really think people are gravitating toward Bernie because Bernie's persistent. Bernie stays the same. It's just crazy to me that Bernie has no solutions to giving out all this free stuff. You know, all this this anti-capitalism is great, which I agree with, but he has no solution to it when, when we start talking about how are we going to pay for all this stuff. So I think that's crazy in itself. It's kind of hard to believe that people will vote for a guy like that, but at the same time, they voted for Trump, thinking Trump could change the economy, not not even paying attention to the man being a narcissist and all about him and his money and, and all that, whereas he inherited the money. He was a bad businessman, basically like a mob boss, you know, even with his TV show, The, the Apprentice, you could see that the man was so stuck on himself and just felt good about firing people, kicking people off the show. So I really never got into what people seen in Donald Trump. I understand why they liked Trump before politics, because he was into casinos and money and real estate, property, you know, the, the young women, the Jets. So he seemed like a great guy, and I understand why these rappers talked about him. I understand why a lot of black athletes and gamblers gravitated toward him pre, pre-politics, pre you feel me? But I never thought he was suitable to be president. In fact, I, I absolutely laughed at the thought of him running for presidency, especially when he won the Republican nomination. Boy, was I wrong. But we see today that this man is is not loved. He's not looked up to like he once was. And people see him for who he is. And it still amazes me that he could talk about women, grabbing them by their crowd. She can lie four or five times a day on national television. 
You know, he can say things and go back and retract a few hours later and never apologize or admit he was wrong. And people still like him and condone his actions and and make up um, excuses for this guy and go to bat for this guy. It's absolutely crazy to me, especially those Republicans that ran against him in the presidential election four years ago, the Mitt Romneys and and the Ted Cruz's and all those guys that he made look foolish and really put down. And, you know, it's it's crazy that the Bushes don't speak out about him anymore. Um, it's crazy that Obama doesn't have much to say, but it's the world we're living in. It's, it's the America we're living in now that people really don't want to rise up for what's right and turn a blind eye to what's wrong and that's where I got a problem with because of my background in the ghetto and around a lot of ignorant folks and, and, and bad hood politicians and bad prison politicians. And, you know, there has to be some strong people to stand up and oppose these type of people and policies that are not not just unpopular, but just unjust. You know, and and really it's not so much a lot of his policies, though there's some I don't agree with. I'm agree not agree with a lot of people's policies. I may not even agree with some of my own policies once upon a time because as we age and we mature, we become more educated and more understanding. And so, you know, there are some things that I don't necessarily continue to agree or believe in like I once did you know but more so when it comes to violence and unnecessary violence and lying misleading disrespecting people on a personal level in public you know things of that nature and uh Right now, I'm going to go to another sponsor, and then I'm going to get up out of here. I appreciate you guys listening to me vent and checking in the Kev Mac and Kev Mac videos podcast. I appreciate you guys. It's Kev Mac with Kev Mac video podcast, and I'm back on February 24th, 2020, going back to my conversation last night with Alex Alonzo, you know, I I talked to him and I just thought it would be interesting. It just came in my head to talk about how people don't see our struggle. People don't realize what goes on behind the scenes when you interview guys from these different neighborhoods in Los Angeles. It's like, it's really like lighting a fire in the summertime and dry weeds in the forest. And you guys never hear about that. You never get to see that. But sometimes our lives are threatened. Sometimes uh, there's confrontations. Sometimes our family worries about us. Our family hears our phone conversations and become concerned. And it's just... It's not as easy as people think it is. People think this content that we bring you is just so easy to do. And and he was of the opinion, and he's glad a lot of people are doing interviews. 
and I don't share that opinion. I don't like the fact that YouTube and other platforms are saturated with these gang interviews because it takes away from the true legends, the true reputables, the true founders, and the original gangsters. So to me, it watered down their story and the story, uh, the history of Crips and Bloods. Me growing up in the streets, I always heard the different names on the east side, the west side, Watts, Compton, Inglewood. And so I know who the reptables were. Now, I'm not saying I know who every reptable was, but I know what names was ringing from other neighborhoods. I know what names was ringing when I was in jail and in prison. You know, I ran across some of these legends, some of these big names, some of these reptables, and most I didn't. But I still heard their stories, their name, and their reputation. So these are the type of guys that I try to bring to the platform. I try to mix in a couple of rappers, a couple guys that you may not have heard of, and I hadn't heard of either until I started interviewing people. And you know, there's LA is so small in the gang community that I'll meet somebody and they tell me about somebody and and our friendships start from there. For example, Baby Crazo. When I interviewed the Ramos, Nugget told me about Baby Crazo, told Baby Crazo about Kev Mac, and we became friends. And Baby Crazo had a story he wanted to tell about truck driving and, and leave his legacy for his kids. And so I was with that, and I interviewed him, and now I got a friend out of, out of the deal, a, a comrade. You know, we, we have good conversations and what have you. And I've been like a big brother to him, a mentor to him. And he sometimes reminds me of things that I said to keep me on a straight and path arrow. So, Alonzo was saying that he had a few incidents over the years, and I've had some too, going back to when I had a magazine. This is before YouTube. And so... It's just a shame that we try to bring this history and people get upset and people take it personal and single us out. But European media, LA Times, Herald Examiner and what have you, Long Breach Test Press Telegram, Torrance Newspapers, The Wave and all that can come into your community, do an interview and never face any repercussions. You'll see a white guy from a news station or a news media, a newspaper out in your neighborhood interviewing somebody. You won't even ask him his name or what he's doing here or what his story is about. What time a black guy is in your neighborhood is a problem. Where you from? What you want? What you doing with this? Who are you? And how much are you getting paid? And you using us, which is total bullshit in my case. I, you know, I can only speak for myself when it comes to this, but... This, for me, is like FUBU, for us, by us. I'm trying to bring the content from the horse's mouth, and we can cover our own history and our own stories. We don't need somebody else to cover it for us. Yes, it's good if you could get a platform with 100 million viewers and what have you and, and seen in other countries. That's great. And I encourage that if you're selling a CD, music, books, magazines, clothing, apparel, things like that. You need a platform like that so you can generate your income 
like in, instantly. But when you're just selling a story or, or of the hood, I feel like it should be for the hood. You know, you want people like you, people that understand you and people that's down with the struggle to get your story and what better place to give that story than Mac videos. Somebody that you could call three or four people and and you'll find out who Mac is. You'll find somebody that was in jail with Mac or prison with Mac or in the street with Mac when I was hustling or when I was gangbanging on the front lines when I had nice cars. You know, I am a verifiable person and my history is verifiable. Now, I'm not saying I was no hell of a person. I was no top-notch fighter, shooter, or had bodies under my belt and all those such things. But I will say, I really participate. I was really a participant. I really represented my hood to the fullest, whether it was in jail, prison, or the streets. You know, and it's funny because I ran across some of my family members back in those days on Crenshaw Boulevard, not even knowing they was family or not seeing them. And then later on, they bring up these stories of them seeing me out there, what I was wearing, what I was doing. And it just amazes me that people actually see me in action, whether they were in direct contact with me or not. You know, long lost family members or extended family, distant cousins and and shit like that. You know, my mother's best friend's kids and and things like that. And it's, you know, on one hand, it like, it makes me smile because those was the good old days. On the other hand, it kind of bothers me because we looked at the good old days as good when they was really disalarming to the community it was really hurtful to the community as well as myself because some of those actions sent me to jail and prison and and a lot of those are still on my record and I'm still judged by those acts by certain sets and certain individuals and of course to the district attorney the judges the courtroom the judicial system the DOJ, you know, they still hold some of those things against me. And so that's why it's important for us as men and women to get our lives in order, to walk straight. Whether you believe in God or don't believe in God, your time here on earth doesn't have to be in chaos. You know, we can try to correct our wrongs. We can try to live right. We can try to live happy and righteous and it actually feels good to, to the heart and to the brain. You know, it's less stress. And when you go to sleep at night or when you die, you know you did the right thing or you, you tried to do the right thing, at least in your heart and in your shoes. And it's a good thing. It's a good feeling. Trust me, I go to bed happy at night, except for when I get these threatening phone calls and these people that try to disrupt my peace and inject lies into my life and and the things that I'm doing. Nevertheless, you know, this is what we have to deal with when we're in journalism. And again, the sad part is when you're doing street journalism and these newspapers and, and other media outlets, you do not get paid for interviews. These Interviews more times than not really don't make no significant amounts of money, especially when you have a YouTube channel. 
and people come out wanting money after the fact. People thinking you getting rich off of them and you buying houses and cars when that's not even a fact at all. You know, but they'll see a rapper with all this different jewelry on and in their ears and around their neck and these Rolls Royces and these mansions and these nice videos. And the only thing they do about them is praise them, maybe maybe want to rob them. Unfortunately, sometimes kill them. And it's sad that we can't shine without our own people trying to steal our shine. On that note, I'm going to go. Y'all have a nice day. Y'all enjoy this Monday. Be nice. Tell your loved ones you love them. Be right back. All right, y'all. That's going to do it for this episode of Mac Video Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you have a wonderful Monday and a great rest of the week. I'm hopeful that you spent your weekend watching some of Mac videos on YouTube. Hopefully you like, share, and subscribe. Hopefully you tell a friend to subscribe. In fact, let's get these subscribers to double or triple. I want everybody to go tell a friend or a family member to subscribe to Mac videos on YouTube. Be sure to click the bell so you get your notifications whenever I go live or have a premiere coming up. That would definitely help the channel. That would definitely be good for me. We're approaching 79,000 subscribers. I would like to get to 100,000 subscribers before the summer. So we got about three three months, roughly, three to four months. That would be great. I'd really appreciate it. You know, the growth is something people look at. People look at numbers before they do an interview. People look at numbers before they decide to get behind a platform like mine or ours. You know, my partner, Baby S. Mac, my partner, Melly Mel, my partner, L., you know, I do have partners, although I do the majority of the work, although I am the one that got my name on it because it started out as something I wanted to do. But because these partners of mine have a passion for this, they decided to join in and help Mac videos, and I appreciate it. It makes my job a little bit easier, especially with the research of Baby Smack. It really helps when I don't have to go look up the articles myself and spend all this time looking for articles. It helps me get these videos up a lot faster um, because my time is mostly spent creating the content, editing the videos, downloading and uploading and all that stuff. And um, So again, enjoy your Monday and the rest of the week. Be sure, be sure to, sh- to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube at Kevmac Videos. And if it's in your heart and your wallet, you can hit me on Cash App at Kevmac Videos. That's K-E-V-M-A-C Videos. Any donation is appreciated. No amount is too small. I've had people send 99 cents. That's fine. That's cool. As I like to say, 
a bunch of ones beat a bunch of nuns. So if you guys have it in your heart and your wallet to give today, I would appreciate it. It would be much appreciated for the work and the content that I'm bringing you guys. And to be honest with you, it's the only reason why I'm here on the podcast. I could do without the podcast. I've done without the podcast. And I could go back to not doing the podcast. But because several people keep reaching out, wanting to hear a podcast, the type of guy I am, I do it for you. But if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. And I'm not talking about getting rich. I'm not talking about even paying a mortgage. I'm just talking about anything to show appreciation, to get a meal, things like that, just to keep me going as as a means of encouragement and and worth, you know. So y'all take it easy, man. You can also hit me up at PayPal, paypal.me slash all hood publications. Appreciate it. Take it easy. Make sure it's a blue logo at PayPal if you decide to go there. Thanks. Have a good one.